welcome to the AFC Sports Big Orange Podcast. I am Charlie Bryce. That is Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If you want to listen to that regularly, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple, Spotify. And when you get there, rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe. Because when you do subscribe, you won't miss our show when we drop them on Mondays. And speaking of Mondays, it is one right now. We are finally back. We're finally back in the actual schedule. It is Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time which means we are live on YouTube, and that is when we will typically be doing the show, especially during the football season when we're on a on a kind of tighter schedule, not like here in the middle of the summer where it's a little more laid back. Uh, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and you'll find us at the A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube channel. So go over there and subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss us when we go live, and you can be a part of the show. Drop in and comment, and that's this is a message to everybody that's watching too. Comment. We love the comments. We love to hear from you and respond to what you have to say. And uh, so subscribe and be a part of the show over on YouTube. At Charlie underscore Burris, that's at TNT, at ADC Sports on social medias. ADCSports.com for everything that Zach writes. He's over there writing a lot all day long. It is literally his job. So go check it out. Zach, what's up, man? Man, the season's getting close. It had some some SEC media days news today, and anytime that news comes out, you know it's right around the corner with, with SEC media days going down next week in Nashville. It feels like it's pretty much like the unofficial start of a new season. So about mid-July, that's usually when you start getting the itch for college football, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely feeling it this week. I feel like I've been starting to see more like people just posting clips of the season. You just did tonight. You posted a a clip of uh, at the end of the Alabama game. It wasn't the kick. It was a, a blitz by Aaron Beasley, actually, that threw off Bryce Young, and you posted it kind of out of the blue. I don't know exactly what, <laughs> where that came from. Yeah, I was I, I was uh, thinking about that game, and I was, I was struggling to remember exactly what happened at the end of that game with, with the way Alabama's time management kind of went there with the timeouts and the way Saban managed it. I knew there was some remember, – remembered there was some kind of – mixed feelings about if he handled that the right way or not. And and I thought that was just a, a great play. We can talk about maybe in a minute later at the end of the show. I thought it was just a great play that kind of went under the radar because of all the offense that happened in that game that really maybe saved the game. Yeah, Tim Banks, he, he got flamed because that South Carolina game, but he made some good calls during that season, no doubt about it. You don't go 11-2 and two without your defensive coordinator make some, making some good calls. So uh, with that being said, tonight's show, quick rundown, it's going to be – Obviously, this SEC Media Days up front, we're going to talk about the selections for SEC Media Days and sort of a little bit of our expectations coming up because it is finally so close. Oh, that's a real sign of the season is coming. Uh, And then recruiting for football had a big pickup, literally and figuratively, um, with an offensive lineman over the weekend. And then there's a big announcement coming up on Friday. He, This uh, Edwin Spillman announced today that he's going to be announcing this week. And then... Uh, baseball, the MLB draft was today, and we're going to talk about what Tennessee's losing, what Tennessee is keeping, because Tennessee has a prime recruiting class coming in, who's sticking around, and who's not sticking around because they got drafted in the MLB draft. We'll talk about all of that on the show today, right after I tell you about our first great sponsor of the night, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans have been serving Tennesseans 
for over 75 years and uh, oh i just lost there it is much has changed in tennessee over the years but some have stayed the same farm bureau health plans has always valued personal relationships especially when it comes to good health and good service plan on farm bureau health plans for health dental and vision for better coverage better rates and better service go to fphb.com slash atoz or walk into one of their 200 plus locations across the state of tennessee that is fbhp.com slash atoz Farm Bureau Health Plan. Shout out to them supporting the show. And uh, now we can get right into SEC Media Days. That it, it almost sent a shiver down my spine today when I saw the tweet come across. Uh, the official announcement from Tennessee of the players that will be at, at Media Days this year. Uh, and it, it's as somebody who did media for years. It's a meaningful experience because as a media member, going to SEC Media Days is, is super fun. I truly, I wish that fans could go and experience that because it's just like a carnival sort of like cele- pre-season celebration of SEC football. You go and you just listen to all these coaches. Then you get to interview them up close. Then you listen to these players. You get to interview them up close. You just get to hang out with the boys. They're boys and then just girls also. There are girls in SEC Media, no doubt about that. And some good ones. Um but you just get to hang out, and the the only downside is that you have to hang out in Alabama, which you know. Ugh. But actually, it's I believe this year. Am I? I'm not going this year. But isn't it in Nashville? Am I wrong? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hey, downtown. Finally, they moved it to the best state in this great union. Um, so Tennessee gets the SEC media days. Sorry, Alabama. Uh, just just Alabama taking every loss this year to Tennessee. Just obviously losing in every single sport, and then. Losing SEC media days too. <laughs> Yet another win. Uh, I for mean, Tennessee. Nash- Nashville's the perfect place for it. I mean, they killed the NFL draft in what was that 2019, I guess, the year before COVID. It was probably the most incredible NFL draft we've ever seen. Just the the atmosphere, the vibe. Nashville really did it right. So you can only imagine the media SEC media days is going to be the same way. And Nashville's kind of like the it city right now. I mean, it seems like everybody's yeah. going there you know, celebrities to, you know, wherever you might be from that people relocating to there. So it just kind of makes sense. And it's, it's certainly more accessible than, than going to Alabama. Uh, I think people would rather take a trip to Nashville than Alabama any day. So maybe it'll be a more permanent thing in the future. I'm not sure what the future schedule of SEC media days is or, you know, where they plan on holding it, but Nashville seems like a logical choice to, to host it every year. In my opinion, Birmingham is a, is a fine city. Hoover or wherever you know that the Birmingham metro area uh but it just yeah it just can't hold a candle to Nashville everywhere in Nashville outside of that west end where Vanderbilt is 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 great and even where Vanderbilt is outside of that campus is you know pretty decent and you know I I think it it just is such a better representation of the SEC and it takes away I, I just i want everything taken away from alabama that's just basically that like i just because everybody's always like oh they're going to birmingham for this call and a game and alabama gets saving gets everything he ever wants and just and, and it's it feels like at least a little bit of justice letting <laughs> letting natural have sc media days regardless so tennessee makes the announcement today obviously josh hype will be there as he is every single uh, year but they make the announcement today that it will be Omari Thomas, Joe Milton, 
and kind of a surprise here. Well, I don't know. I mean, he, he's definitely a stalwart on the team at this point. Uh, but Jacob Warren will be the third player to represent Tennessee at Media Days. Uh, and uh, some interesting choices there. Yeah, I, about a month ago, I kind of took my, because I wasn't sure exactly when they would be announcing uh, who would be going. So I took my guess at who I thought would go. And I, you know, I thought Joe Milton, obviously, we knew he would be there. I had a pretty good feeling Omari Thomas would, would be one of the guys, too, because you want to take a defensive guy. He's been praised as one of those leaders. Rodney Garner praised him a lot during spring practice as being a guy that stepped up as a leader. So I felt pretty strongly that he would be the guy. I thought maybe Aaron Beasley, uh, but but Thomas seemed like the, the safer bet, and it was him indeed. But for that third spot, I'm not totally surprised it's Jacob Warren. He's developed into a key team leader, a guy that's – I mean, he – he committed when Butch Jones was the head coach in 2017. So he's been around the program for you know, six years now. He's seen, he's seen it all. You know, he saw the beginning of the end in 2017, especially being from Knoxville, lived the entire Jeremy Pruitt era, went through the COVID year and, and the strangeness of that and the coaching change. So he's seen it all. He's kind of one of, you know, the elder statesmen on the team that kind of, he kind of makes things – I don't know how to put it. He kind of makes sure things are moving in the right direction. Everybody's kind of what they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. He's just a, a consummate team leader no matter what he does on the field. So I wasn't totally shocked. I thought it would be Cooper Mays, you know, senior offensive lineman that's kind of the same type of player as, as Jacob Warren. He hasn't been there quite as long, but he's from Knoxville. Uh, he's a key team leader. He's, he's very vocal as far as, you know, just be, kind of being one of those leaders and – Kind of surprised it wasn't him, but I think Warren's a great choice. He is definitely a solid choice. He's incredibly well spoken, and he's really yes. good with me. In fact, he doesn't he do like a weekly appearance? Yeah, with on Dave Hooker, show? him and Cooper yeah. Mays both with, with Dave Hooker off the hook sports. Great interviews. I'd recommend checking them out. Always some good stuff there. Yeah, that, so I mean, he's he's well versed in speaking to media, which is always. A plus, and he's probably also a future coach. Uh, I, I it feels that way. Several coaches uh, at Tennessee have said that about him, how he's kind of like an extra on-field coach for them because he just understands the offense so well and where what everybody needs to be doing. I would be shocked if he's not back at Tennessee in some you know, former fashion after his football career is over, uh, you know, unless he wants to get into some other avenue of work after his football career is over. I'd be surprised if he's not back at Tennessee as a coach one day. Yeah, he's a Knoxville guy. Uh, and I, it does feel like he's, he's going to be one of those dudes that sticks around as like an ambassador, Not maybe yeah. doesn't stick around like actually at the university, but is a great ambassador moving forward for Tennessee, especially if he has an emergent season this year and really kind of gets his name out there a little bit. That would be amazing and definitely rooting for him. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Cool choice. There were definitely multiple guys that you could have chosen here. The natural choice, Joe Milton. I mean, he. He is as much as you can be during an off season before you've ever had like a full blown starting season. He's like as close to sort of star status as you can get without having actually like started a full year somewhere because he just these viral clips of him just throwing footballs 4,000 yards. Um, and, and now people actually get to hear from him and he's another one. He's, he's great with media and I, he, he plays into it so much he's maybe a little too much <laughs> in fact because we talked about some things that he said on a podcast or on a radio show or whatever he was on a couple of weeks ago and uh he likes to pump his chest out a little bit which i i like i'm sure he'll do it at sec media days too but 
Uh, you know, that's a natural choice. He's your guy, a little bit of Heisman buzz behind him. And I think there'll be, if he plays well in the first few games of Tennessee season, I think there's going to be a lot of Heisman buzz behind him. And he's just kind of set up that way. If he can really pull it all together and have the year, everybody wants him to have. And so natural choice. That one's easy. Romari Thomas, I, on it, like admittedly with media, I'm not sure exactly how he is. I haven't seen a lot of interviews with him, but they didn't select him because he's not good with media. I, I would say that I, I assume he's, he's going to be solid. Have you watched a lot, a number of interviews with him? I know you kind of scour the Tennessee interviews. Yeah, he's, he's done, you know, he, he was available to the media several times last season. He was also back when Tennessee was doing, I don't know if they still do it or not. The, the slice podcast early on, yeah. he was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was part of that. Uh, I remember he talked a lot about growing up in Memphis and kind of being from that area and some of the players that, that Tennessee has signed that, that were also from Memphis, you know, how he knew them and, and stuff like that. He was, he was fun to listen to and had some good stories and good insights. I think he, you know, he's a great choice that, that should, uh, should really represent Tennessee well down there. Yeah, he's another one. He's just senior, senior leader. That's what you want, and ha- happy to see it. But as far as SC Media Days goes for Tennessee, it's going to be a lot of talk about this offense, and in terms of what I'm expecting from the media that's not Tennessee press folks, you know, I, it's going to be a lot of. Talk about oh, can can Joe Milton come through? Can uh, can Tennessee's offense be as good as it was last season without Hendon Hooker, without Jalen Hyatt, and yada yada? yada. There's gonna be a lot of that. I was trying to think if there would be a controversial topic that could be brought up, and um, I kind of came up blank, which is good. <laughs> I came up blank, so I was like, what could they do a little gotcha on Tennessee for? And I. Can you think of anything? I don't think. I think the only thing might be that rematch with South Carolina, talking about that game maybe. and what it means to beat them and, and maybe trying to goad uh, a player into maybe, I want to say a guarantee. I don't think Iman Tennessee's roster is going to do anything like that. But that's about the only thing I could think of is that South Carolina game because that's the one the one game this season. I mean, the Florida game, you really need to go, go down there and win. But that South Carolina game in Knoxville, you cannot – Josh Heupel cannot start his career two and three against Shane Beamer. You just – you can't do that. So that's a game that Tennessee should win. I think they do win. I think last year was just an aberration. I think, you know, Spencer Rattler turning into Tom Brady for a few hours on that random Saturday night uh, and, and Tennessee's defense just not showing up or whatever was going on that that particular weekend – just kind of the perfect storm that led to that blowout game, which, you know, happens in sports. We've seen that happen to plenty of good teams over the years and in big games. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think that's about the only thing maybe that they could kind of go after. People really want to make Beamer versus Hypo like a, a big thing. And I think Beamer would be happy to do that. He's much more showy um, and kind of a dork. <laughs> I think he would play into that. Hypo just—I think he is already a little. Yeah, he's—he's he's definitely trying. He's definitely trying, and Hypo just like does not do that stuff, and I love it because he just does what he does, and that's the end of it. And <clears throat> thank, thank goodness, like I don't need—he runs an offense like Steve Spurrier, but he—I don't want him to be like Steve Spurrier. Yeah, you just, and he's not. Yeah, you, he doesn't get. He does a, he does a good job of staying, you know, he'll fire off some comments and kind of 
he'll fight back against stuff. We saw it with the Kirk Street stuff last year and, and some of the little jabs he might would kind of throw that if you didn't really know what he was talking about, they might go over your head, but just like straight up calling other teams out or talking trash about other teams, he's he's not going to do that. And look, I mean, you're never going to gain anything from that. It, it's a bit Lane Kiffin before, you know, the whole get your popcorn ready and, oh, and stuff like that. It, it usually doesn't work out too well. I mean, look, even – even when uh, Rich Eisen kind of got Jalen Hyatt to talk about not being offered by South Carolina and, and Hyatt's on that show, and he kind of he kind of leaned into that stuff a little bit. It, it didn't turn out good for him. I mean, Hyatt wasn't terrible against South Carolina, but the way the game turned out certainly put more attention on him not having a huge game. I think he had like you know, 60, 70 receiving yards, so it wasn't like he got completely shut down. But still, when you do that stuff, it u- usually doesn't work out too well for you. I mean, look at the – the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game last year, for example. Yeah, I I like that he's understated, that he doesn't go out there and beat his chest. And I'm I'm I know there are fans that really long for that, that long for a Kiffin. I just like the go out there and make the statement with the play on the field, and that that has been watching watching what Heupel does. Where the only thing that you see him ever be flashy in his after he goes and beats Alabama and there's kind of that like viral clip where he was smoking the cigar you know does the whole thing like there was that but like he just beat Alabama when you are you not gonna you know kind kind of walk around with your head up a little bit after you beat you know Monday they were forever and Monday they were you know the focus was on UT Martin that week I mean Jalen Hyatt was back in there catching balls off the machine the judge machine I mean they, they do a pretty good job of celebrating their success and then moving on quickly. It seems like they've really done a good job with that. The only hiccup was that South Carolina game where I think things kind of kind of got a little to their head where suddenly they were they were the team that was being hunted instead of doing the hunting. Uh, they, hopefully they learned a big lesson from that week. because I think we saw that this Tennessee team under Hypo plays better when they're kind of being doubted when they kind of got flipped before the Georgia game and the South Carolina game, it didn't go their way. They lost their edge a little bit. So hopefully they, they learn from that and they're able to manage that. And maybe, you know, Kirby smarts won two national championships in a row for a reason. And part of the reason is because he's, he's an expert at motivating his team, even when it's total BS and stuff that never even happened. Like talking about people predicting Georgia to win only seven games last year, which nobody on this planet did. Uh, maybe it takes that. I don't know. There's plenty of that stuff out there for Hypo and Tennessee to use. I mean, I've written about tons of it this summer. I mean, it's all over the place. So there's there's plenty of it there if they want to use it. I love we got some dudes in uh, in the comments. Nugs back here. Now, this is obviously the benefit of finally being live again. Nugs says what's up to us. Finally back on schedule. Absolutely glad to have you back in the comments here. He says, Big O is great with media. Speaking of uh, Amari Thomas, <clears throat> glad to hear that. He said he's on BallQuest live shows last year and was good. Glad to hear that. Daniel says, hi, what's up? Mr. Jones says, go Vols, go Vols. And, uh, <laughs> of course, Big Ten Jeff in the comments, as always. He says, Josh Heupel to Northwestern, breaking news. <clears throat> yeah, I doubt that. But um, Ryan Day is probably going to head up there, I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, it's, it's Ryan Day's job to to lose frankly <laughs> i know they all want it but uh yeah that is I, I mean, that is pretty i mean late in the season it's very rare i mean this is uh i guess it was 2017 when hugh freeze got fired from from Ole miss this time of year like in the summertime so it's pretty late for a team to be going looking for a head coach i'm sure northwestern or go with an interim coach after letting pat fitzgerald go with uh 
kind of the controversy that came out up there, but it's a definitely not time of year for that. Give the job to John L. Smith. He deserves another interim job. My uh, favorite Jeff interim of a, all time. Jeff has a pretty but, good suggestion there. Oh, now this would be good. <laughs> Jeff says Greg Schiano to Northwestern. <laughs> He's calling his shot. <laughs> I honestly, it's not like it's going great at Rutgers. So yeah, no. B- Billy Jones says that right here. He says that I can believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Jeff says Urban Meyer. Yeah, I don't know if you could pull that off with with what they're going yeah. through and some of Urban Meyer stuff that has happened over the years. I mean, he would turn it around in a heartbeat. There's no doubt about oh, no it. Doubt. He'd, he'd probably have Northwestern competing for playoff spots. But yeah, considering the details that of that whole situation, I'm not sure they're going to want a guy that they got wrapped up in the stuff that Urban's been wrapped up in. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, weird, crazy situation there with them, and it's just so weird for a school that you really. You almost think of it as not Ivy League, but like it's more academic, a little more on like the Vanderbilt side than it is on, yeah, you know, like a for Tennessee sure. side. And, and it's uh, known as a school for journalism. So I think, and we were talking mm-hmm. about this a little bit before the show started. I think it's it's pretty interesting that the student newspaper is the one that broke this story. I mean, really doing some legitimate journalism that an yeah. SEC school that probably doesn't happen. Let's be honest. Like I don't think Tennessee or Alabama or any of these programs are going to let their journalism department just bury their own you know program even though it's ethically and morally the right thing to do there i i forget exactly who it was was it was it cardell jones at ohio speaking of ohio state guys that said i'm i didn't come here to play school wasn't that that was him (laughs) i can't it's one of those i can't remember but i mean that's probably a quote that's been said at numerous programs i would imagine (laughs) It was said by me at Tennessee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I didn't come there to play football either, but I also didn't. Come, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it, that is honestly impressive that the students, the students did that. So, hey, credit to them. But regardless, we're getting a little off topic here. Um, crazy situation, but back with SEC Media Days. It is right around the corner. So excited. Love, love, love SEC Media Days. You, you know, prop, prop the feet up over over lunch and and watch you know nick saban make a fool of himself hopefully that's i'm sure he's go ahead my favorite my favorite thing about sec media days and i'm not sure which coach would do it this season maybe kirby because georgia's had some some pretty uh rough stuff come out about the program and yeah players getting in trouble over the summer from you know local sources there in atlanta and the georgia area Anytime something like that comes up and they just kind of filibuster up there and they read off the names on their roster and describe each player and where they're from for about 15 minutes. So it leaves very little time for questions. That is always uh, fun to see. It's good. It's from, from Kirby. It's going to be 20 minutes of, uh, yeah, we're excited. We're excited to see whoever play and we're, <laughs> we're thankful he's on our team. We're going to get him out there on the field. And we're, we're also excited to see this guy, whoever. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be a Lots lot of that. that. Um, so yeah, actually that is going to, that's a fun narrative right there outside of Tennessee. I'm I'm glad at least, you know, knock on wood that nothing's coming down the pike, but I'm glad Tennessee's not wrapped up in anything like that right now. Cause Lord knows there have been years where you go into SEC media days and you're like, Oh boy, they got this thing lined up where they're going to roast our guy when we put him up there. 
wasn't it uh, Philip Fomer that that didn't attend one year because yeah. he was being uh, summoned or something? He would have been subpoenaed, I think. Yeah, <laughs> subpoenaed. Yes, what that, a league! That was. What a league! Ah, SEC football, baby! It's so so glad it's so close to being back. We we've missed it. Uh, but see, I mean, seriously, I'm I'm happy to see, um, I'm happy to see Kirby get his feet held to the fire there. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And obviously we're going to talk about everything that happens at SC media days. Is it what does uh, next, next week, right? Am yeah. I... Tennessee speaks next Thursday. So yeah, I'm so sure close. we'll probably maybe go live or, or something after, after all that. I'll actually yes. be, I'll actually be in New York for the week, uh, working while I'm up there. My kid plays baseball up there. I might just have to be, uh, he's playing for the Yankees, right? He got picked up in the league. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about it. At Eleven years old, but <laughs> he's uh. What what's the movie? The the rookie or what? Where the kid? Um, oh yeah, yeah. He's gonna need some on. magical. Yeah, something to <laughs> not the rookie. The velocity, I don't think rookie yeah. of the year. Rookie of the year. Yeah, that's what it is. With the Cubs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anywho, um, I think that's it for SC Media Days. Now, on to some recruiting news. Plenty to talk about Tennessee. There's some over the weekend. There's some coming up later this week. We're going to talk about all of it right after I tell you about our next great sponsor, the awesome Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey. Nothing goes better with a Tennessee sports victory than an awesome whiskey. And I'm talking specifically about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey from Logstill Distillery. Rattle and Snap is named after a long-forgotten game of chance. It's a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There's a four-year and an eight-year version of Rattle and Snap. Uh, I've had both. They are great. You can see the four-year version in the corner of the YouTube video right there. Uh, and go get trans on some. They're great in cocktails. They're awesome if you just like drinking whiskey neat. And you can find them across in stores across the state of Tennessee. Also available in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. So run and don't walk to get yourself some Rattle and Snap. Whiskey for those Tennessee sports victories and follow Rattle and Snap on Instagram at Rattle and Snap Whiskey. Now there was recruiting news. Uh, some very good recruiting news for Tennessee. We actually talked, it might have been two weeks ago, about a kid who was an offensive lineman from Tennessee that Tennessee actually missed out on. He chose Clemson over uh, Tennessee, and Tennessee had worked really hard to get him. And well, Josh Heupel turned right around and said, mm, too bad, and went and got William Satterwhite out of Akron, Ohio, a bona fide four-star player, 247. Uh, 247 itself ranks him as a four-star. The 247 composite ranks him as a four-star, the number seven player from the state of Ohio, Not number 11 at his position, and number 191 nationally. Another big pickup for Tennessee. I love this, and... You know, just just more offensive linemen and guys getting on board with this offense. The thing sells itself, but uh, but a really solid pickup here. Yeah, I, th I mean, obviously it's a great pickup. You got to have you know top tier offensive linemen if you're going to win in the SEC. I thought the best thing about this whole commitment was something he said after he committed to on three. He's you know he's from Ohio, so he's not from the South. Kind of has a different view of of college programs than maybe we do in the South. And he said that, you know, between Tennessee and Clemson, it was really hard to kind of gauge the different, you know, to pick which program because they're so similar. He said, you know, they're very, they're very similar. It was hard to gauge which program is better. So I think that's the sign that, 
you know, a kid from Ohio that that's not from Tennessee, that's not from South Carolina, it's not from that, this area, looks at these two programs and where they're at right now based on, you know, the most recent season and says, yeah, they're, they're pretty similar. And who would have said that about Tennessee and Clemson three years ago in 2020? I mean, no, no recruit was saying that at all. So even if not every recruit fe- feels that way, it's important that at least one does and that you're kind of starting to see that attitude spread throughout the recruiting world because I mean, Tennessee needs that. I mean, Clemson is one of the programs they're going to be going up against constantly for some of these key recruits from, you know, East Tennessee, Chattanooga area in in the South Carolina and Northern Georgia. I mean, those are, they're going to be going up against Clemson in those battles and they have to start winning their fair share of them if they're going to continue to turn this thing around and really build some momentum. So I think that's a, a great sign for the future of, you know, recruiting for Tennessee. Absolutely. 16 commits so far. Number 11 class in America. That's far from being sealed up completely. Number 12 is actually Clemson. <laughs> Tennessee is beating Clemson out right now. Um, LSU at number 10 on the other side of Tennessee there. And just the more that you can make this happen, because we've we've heard so far this off season some things like, oh, Tennessee, it's still, Tennessee's still three-star, a three-star team. You know, you still, that's all you're picking up. Well, at, at this point, you are more consistently getting these bona fide five or uh, four-star guys and some five-stars and, you know, just continue on this path. There's big dudes still out there in this class that you want to pick up. We're going to talk about another one here in just a second that's uh, about to announce. But it's this is a long game, and, mm-hmm. and it's still it's it's going to come together for Tennessee, it's going to have ups and downs and be be something that lasts all the way to the very end. I I think, which at this point, I guess the very end is not really the very the end that it used to be with the early signing period. It used to be all the way into next February. Really, it's that first signing day now. Um, but and really, not even then with the portal and the way kids can kind of get out of you know, letters of intent and, and transfer if yeah. they want and all the movement. It's, it really never ends period. Like kind of like you said, there is no end. It's a, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy that those guys are out there. They're right about recruiting, that they're, they're better men than me. I, <laughs> I could not do that. It is, it's a brutal business to be in, but glad somebody does it because we need to know about this stuff. Another great pickup for Tennessee. And now, uh, to another piece of news for the Vols, but potentially, hopefully, some good news. On Friday, I, I believe, if I'm uh, remembering this correctly, I don't have it directly in front of me, but one of the best players from the state of Tennessee, Edwin Spillman, will be selecting the school that he goes to. And Tennessee, as of right now, at least according to the On3 uh, recruiting machine, Tennessee is the favorite and a pretty heavy favorite. And I mean, you know, no doubt about it. I believe he's choosing between Tennessee and Ohio State and winning any recruiting battle over Ohio State is huge. And winning a recruiting battle Ohio State over Ohio State for a defensive player is even bigger. And so hopefully we're just going to have to look for this one and we'll talk about it after the result actually happens next week. But uh, this, this would be yet another great pickup, another four-star for Tennessee, stacking them up. Yeah, it's really one that you you cannot lose. I mean, no matter what Ohio State's interest is in Spillman, uh, 
it's a guy Tennessee has to get. His brother's at Tennessee. He's an in-state kid. If you lose him to Ohio State, it's it's really kind of a, a little bit worse than that offensive lineman. I feel like that you lost to Clemson because, you know, with a family member being already on campus, it feels like it should just be kind of, okay, this is, this is just Ohio State's on that table for the drama type deal. Like, that's what you want to see here. Lipscomb Academy out of Nashville. I mean, he's just right next door. 82% to Tennessee, according to on three. Put as much stock in that as you would like to. Ohio State, who you're going up against, obviously a, a pretty nice recruiting power. But, uh, oh, see, here's here's Big Ten Jeff, obviously notoriously an Ohio State fan. He says, we're not recruiting him that much. <laughs> we don't even want him. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, uh whether he chooses Tennessee or Ohio State, whatever, we're going to be watching on Friday. But outside of that, not not a ton going on with football. You get the sort of odds and ends stories, sort of like we talked about last week with like quotes from players. You you posted one, didn't you, Zach? You sent it to me. That was something that you wrote about on A to Z today, and it was uh, was it something that Jacob Warren said in an interview? That, oh yeah, they they asked him how he felt about being ranked below Alabama and LSU and all these preseason <laughs> rankings, and and the official right. ones haven't come out yet. But we pretty much know Tennessee's probably going to be ranked ninth, tenth, eleventh, somewhere in that range, I would assume. Which personally, I think it's fair after you lose Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and and Cedric Tillman, Darnell Wright, Byron Young. I mean, a lot of talent you lose in effect. They're able to. So come that, for the most part, I don't know if they'll win 11 games again next, next season. I mean, who knows? You can't predict if they'll beat Alabama and Georgia, and uh, those will be tough matchups even against Florida. But I think they're going to you know, be in that 9-10 win range pretty solidly. So I feel like it's probably a fair ranking. Jacob Warren thinks Tennessee should be ranked above those teams based on what they did last season, which you know I kind of agree. And that, I mean, with I don't agree with that take, but I agree with him that way. You went there and you those teams, you're on the field. You saw what it took. You feel like you have what it takes again to do that. That belief in that locker room, I mean, that's something that you should have. So I don't I don't think it's an issue that he said that. I think, you know, objectively, that's probably not the way it should be, but I understand them feeling that way. I legitimately don't get it with Alabama right now. <clears throat> like I like I obviously it's Alabama, it's Nick Saban, and he's the greatest coach of all time essentially sure but i mean they do not have a quarterback well they do the milro kid is not bad and but otherwise i mean it, they're a complete unknown we may watch them in week one and be like oh boy this is going to be one of the best teams ever or we may watch them in week one like last year when they played texas and we may go oh Saban might be in trouble so i that one am i saying that tennessee should be ranked above alabama there's still a roster that's filled with a bunch of five-star players but I, it does also feel like when you watched them last year and saw how they were basically hanging on by a thread and that single thread was Bryce Young, it, it kind of makes you think maybe, eh, are they are they just, without a doubt, just a, they're a top three team or whatever they're being ranked in a lot of these places. I don't know. Georgia, fair enough. They're coming off their second national championship in a row and they're just stacking right back up with five-star players. It makes me want to, vomit but it is what it is but Al- i mean alabama i don't know man you take last year's team and take away bryce young that's a nine win team i like 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. sure. the only reason Alabama that Alabama Tennessee game was as close as it was was because Bryce Young was. I mean, no offense to Hendon Hooker, Bryce Young was the best player on the field that day. I mean, you yes. look at the numbers, and without him, Tennessee wins that game. You know, by a couple of touchdowns at least. I mean, Bryce Young is a special player, and probably the best quarterback Saban's ever had. I mean, could we could we yeah. say that? Um, I think until so. I Luke, don't. To lose yeah, that and to not have a sure thing behind him, you don't know what Ty Simpson's going to do. Jalen Milrow didn't look like the answer in his brief action. You got the kid from Notre Dame. You obviously brought him in for a reason. Well, Notre Dame brought somebody in over him, you know, from Wake Forest with Sam Hartman. So it's not a ideal situation at quarterback for, for Saban in Alabama. But at the same time, I mean, they reload and reload and reload, and it always seems to work out for them. So I, I understand them getting the benefit of the doubt. It is saving at the end of the day. And I'm not going to act like I know a ton about, I mean, Ohio state lost their quarterback, but they're another one where they've stacked up some really nice recruiting classes year after year. And I'm sure they're going to be right there. Also, they played the cushiest schedule in America. So, you know, when you, when you play no real teams week after week, I guess you can be confident that you're probably going to be ranked one of the top teams in America, but you know, that that's uh, I, I, I agree while at the same time kind of being like uh, with, with Jacob Warren, I agree with Jacob Warren um, while also being like, I'm okay being an underdog. It's okay. I like yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee plays better that way. Absolutely. You just, I like being, being the hunter, not the hunted. It's just a nicer place to be. It's a little lower stress, <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. We're going to finish up with a team that depending on how these chips fall could be the preseason Number one team in America next year, uh, if everything were to fall into place, and that is Tennessee baseball. Um, lots of movement there in terms of guys staying and going, and then some rumblings of a very important guy potentially coming back when you thought he was going to leave. We're going to talk about all of that right after I tell you about Superbook Sports. If I can find the read on my thing, here it is. We're changing the game. Help your bets stay hot this summer at Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now, when you use the promo code A to Z, you score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code A to Z. Download the Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code A to Z, A T O Z, and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. Superbook Sports. Get your bets in. Now, with Tennessee baseball, the MLB draft is still ongoing with all uh, 94 rounds or however <laughs> many they have at this point. <laughs> I don't totally know. They have um, cut it down in recent years, I think, but it's still a little bit, a yeah, lot. It's still, it's still too. You might be drafted. You might have been <laughs> yeah. drafted already. I don't know. I've I've been drafted twice just this year. Uh, but <laughs> um, out outside of the the total givens, which were really just Dolander and Maliahuna, and they both went around the time when we thought actually Dolander was top 10. He was number nine, which I was kind of surprised because we, we texted near the end of the season. I, I think I may have even brought it up on the show, but 
I kind of resigned to, man, I think it was a mistake that Dolander came back. He looked so shaky in some spots and was way more inconsistent than he was a year ago when he was SEC Pitcher of the Year. And it it just kind of felt like, oh, man, I'm not sure he he made the best career decision he could have by coming back. But clearly MLB scouts see tons of potential in him, as they should. I mean, he's excellent. But um, he gets taken number nine overall. Maui Ahuna, also a first-round guy. And then in the second round, you get Andrew Lindsay. He goes. Um, but what's what's important here? is one, Jared Dickey. He's kind of uh, on the fence. And then all of the recruits that Tennessee has coming in. And for if you don't follow baseball that closely, guys coming in can be recruited. But if they stay, they have to stay until age 20, I think. Uh, 20, well, three years removed from high school or age 21. Age 12, okay. Which, so age basically... 21. Sophomores can sometimes be drafted if they reclassified in high schools. So they were like a 19-year-old senior. Yeah. And then they were 21 after their sophomore year. It happened with a Wake Forest player earlier today, actually. And you saw some of that get ironed out here. Matt Dallas, who's a huge recruit for Tennessee, is coming. Uh, he was, let's see, this is from Ben McKee, who... We, we were talking about this prior to the show. He's the best dude covering Tennessee baseball right now. And it's not just because he's a friend of the show and has been on this show multiple times, and he's just a friend of mine in actual life. But, um, no, I mean, he, he's the best dude covering Tennessee baseball right now. Really comprehensive coverage. And uh, let's see. Oh, this was just an hour ago. So you have left-hand pitcher Bryson Thacker out of Rome, Georgia. He intends... Uh, to attend school at Tennessee and pass on the draft. Matt Dallas will pass on the draft. And then there was this talk that Jared Dickey could come back. Uh, and that, I mean, you look at this lineup with the transfers that Tennessee has gotten, and they added a ton of firepower at the plate. They might add another pitcher, the kid from Alabama, um, Holman. And... You had you had the pitcher, the firepower at the plate, and you keep the core of the hitting that was solid. And I mean, this team could be incredible. And then you add in this factor: Chase Burns still hasn't chosen a spot, and there's a little bit of like undercurrent that he's His rumors that, heating up. Yeah, that he might stay at Tennessee, which I I'll believe it when I see it. It seemed like that whole thing had gone a little sour. Uh, just yeah. listening to Tony Tony Vitello on the radio, he hit him with the "We wish him well," and I was like, "Ooh, that's that's cold from Tony there." <laughs> but yeah, um, but uh, hey, if you put that together, Tennessee is essentially LSU a year ago, where everybody was just like, "Okay, they stacked up every great dude from the transfer portal, and they already had a solid base coming back," and that man, that would be scary, Ken. You think they're actually going to pull it off, put this together? I mean, it, it it's working out in Tennessee's favor so far. Uh, Ryan Delaney was another one that I don't, I don't know if we mentioned or not that his transferring in from Wofford that was draft yeah. eligible looks like Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball seems to think he will be on campus this uh, this fall and, and next spring for Tennessee, along with Dickey. Uh, that was his take on Jared Dickey as well. So. It really feels like it. If Burns comes back, and that still seems like a long shot, I don't want to give anybody false hope, but the longer it goes that he hasn't transferred somewhere. And look, 
typically with a player of that caliber, you know, things are already in motion. We've talked about this for months on this show, especially with football. They hit the portal. A lot of times they know where they're going. And with Chase Burns, uh, Tony Vitello saying that that was something that they've known for a while since midseason when he was kicked out of the rotation, that that, that was going to probably happen. Like you'd be a fool to not think some conversations have happened, whether, whether those are through bat channels or direct, whatever the case may be. You, you would be foolish to think that those conversations haven't happened. So the fact that he hasn't landed anywhere yet, I think there's a legitimate reason to have a little bit of hope there. Again, I still think it's a long shot, but I, you know, you can't rule it out. But man, if, if Burns comes back and he can kind of find the magic in the rotation that he had found in the bullpen, I mean, that would be huge for Tennessee. Well, it seems so weird because you would think he was going to go back to being a starter. Yeah. Because Tennessee needed, needs him to be a starter next year if Chase Burns were to stay. And so he would get what he wants, uh, reportedly, according to the reports that came out around that situation. He was unhappy with getting yanked from being a starter. And, and, and which I get, but I mean, real quick, like I understand that because he has an MLB talent. And if you want to be drafted high, Major League Baseball. I mean, you saw Ben Joyce, how talented he was, and he lasted to, what, like the third round because he's just been a yep. relief pitcher. They haven't seen him in that role. He's not going to be in that role in the majors probably. That could be Burns if he doesn't have a spot in the rotation. So I understand him wanting that. But if they're giving it to you, if you're if you're coming back, you know, maybe he's scared that he gets yanked from the rotation if he doesn't pitch well, which – you know, obviously, if he doesn't pitch well, that means more than than the spot in the rotation, probably, because you're not gonna, you know, you're gonna slide down draft boards because of that. Well, and and we talked about this last week too. After he transferred, like, how is going somewhere else going to be any different than staying in? They're going to yank you too if you stink, and that's all. Especially that when you have, especially when you have Frank Anderson at Tennessee, who's exactly. Yeah, you know, I just saw an interview with Blade Tidwell, who who was drafted by the Mets last year in the second round, and who's really taking off in his minor league career over the last couple of months. And he gave a lot of credit to Frank Anderson for his success and and getting to where he's at. So, I mean, what better endorsement for a, to be a pitcher at Tennessee? I mean, Frank Anderson just had the number nine player in the MLB draft get taken. How much more evidence do you need? That this and obviously he had Chase Burns. The dude was an absolute burner at the end of the season and has been a whole part of Burns's development as a player. I, I mean, I, I did that whole thing. You know, players are emotional and I get it sometimes, but I didn't get it. And if I, I'll say as of, as of right now, I, I doubt that he's coming back again. I'll believe it when I see it, especially with. I, I don't think Tennessee will get Holman and Burns back. That would be wild because somebody really good is going to get pushed to the pin at that point. Yeah. It would probably be A.J. Russell, you would think, depending on how things went in the offseason. Um, and A.J. Russell is excellent. You saw him at the end of the season, in the postseason. Uh, he can really dish it. And so that, that would create a pretty crowded bullpen with a number of dudes with the potential to be aces. And although you had that this season, essentially, <laughs> um, with because you had Halverson and Halverson, Russell, Burns, Beam, Dolander, um, who, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting somebody. Lindsay. Andrew Lindsay, who ended up becoming the Friday night guy. I, I knew who got drafted. Um, yeah, and, and Andrew Lindsay. I mean, it was stacked, stacked, stacked. Uh, 
And so may, maybe like Burns isn't looking for that. If Holman ends up coming or vice versa, I don't know. Uh, they're also, I know uh, LSU is in the mix there and Lord knows they're, I mean, they just want a national title. So obviously it's an attractive place to go. I think Burns though, and, and this is just speculation. You know, this is just looking at the situation and trying to read it. It seems like he's probably more focused on on his MLB career, which is, I don't, I mean, that's not a negative. I mean, that is his future. That's what you dream of playing this game growing up. Like when he's, you know, 12 years old playing baseball, he's probably dreaming of of pitching at Yankee Stadium or Fenway Park or, or somewhere like that. He's not dreaming of, you know, winning in the SEC. I mean, that's part of it, of course, but the ultimate dream is to get to Major League Baseball and to win at that level. And he's got to do what he thinks is best for that situation. So maybe he thinks, you know, coming to Tennessee, good chance to win. And he would play a big role in Tennessee winning. He just doesn't know exactly what that role will be. And after the way it shook out in 2022, I don't think Vitello's going to say, hey, you're in this rotation no matter what. And then has to do the same thing he did last season. Then he's lied to a kid. Then that's, you know, that's all over the recruiting trail. And everybody's using that. You can't take that approach. So Vitello's kind of in a catch-22 where he can't really make promises. And Burns, you know, ultimately it's up to him to perform. Like, it's on nobody but himself. Uh, but, you know, maybe he doesn't want to make that bet on himself by coming back to Tennessee. And, that, you know, again, that's just speculation, but that kind of seems like the way the situ- situation reads to me. We'll see. But regardless, um, I think things are shaking out for Tennessee to yet again have a very, very good baseball team. That was going to be the case almost no matter what. I think you did. I think Carson Rucker is the consensus that he's going to go pro. I think so. It seemed like I saw his brother tweet congratulations to him and kind of saying, you know, like this is what you dream of type stuff. So you never know with the signability stuff and and what happens with those negotiations. I mean, you've seen it be a pretty sure thing and then fall apart at the end and the kid ends up going to to school instead of signing. So it's it's possible, but it seems like it's it's not trending that way. Hmm. I didn't even so I've been kind of out of it. So Maui was taken in the in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, he could, just could come back. Drafted. Yeah, and then Lindsey was taken in the fifth. I think he's he's like aged out. Who and then who? Somebody in the comments. Yeah, Mister Jones says is Zane Denton aged out. I'm not sure. Obviously, he had some really nice heroics at the end of the season there. Um. I can't I see the watched. you know the the COVID year and all that stuff. It really the eligibility stuff kind of gets out of whack with baseball. It, it's, yes, it's genuinely hard. not sure because, like you said, like the draft eligible sophomores, and then typically if you're a stud player, you're going after your junior season. But you know some of those guys. Uh, I know Florida had a pitcher that was a a junior last year that got drafted in the third round, went back to Florida, went got drafted in the second round this season. So it's. It's it's not as cut and dry as like the NFL. Well, oh, and you also have uh, Dalton Bargo from Missouri is coming in too. So there's there's a lot with Tennessee baseball to kind of digest. We'll just have to see. And it feels like they're replacing less overall than they had to last year, at least with like some of those key offensive pieces. Like you know it's, they lost their whole lineup basically last season. Feels like there's less of that to replace. Like you're gonna have a little more continuity, which was the whole issue this season. It was continuity. It was a new. It was like a brand new team, and that 
And that takes time to kind of figure out. Maybe they won't have those growing pains, you know, next season that they had this season. So it it does look like from the stuff, and I'm looking at it on Twitter, Zane Denton is in the same, essentially the same position as Jared Dickey, where he'll he could come back if he doesn't like his spot in the draft. And I don't see. I mean, did he get taken today? I don't think he did. Um. So, hey. There it is. Ryan, Ryan Galini, yeah, Zane Denton, Jared Dickey. Come on down. That's that's a nice lineup. And you you replace some of the pieces or just take out of the rotation some of the pieces that just struggled so badly. Um so hey, I'm I'm excited. But that's about it. You got anything else for the good folks at home, Zach? No, I mean I was uh Let's see. Somebody here tweeted out their uh, their version of the 2024 Vols baseball lineup. If everything turns out the correct way, and it's uh, they have Cannon Peebles at catcher, Blake Berg at first, Christian Moore at second, Zane Ditton at third, Austin Jaslove at shortstop, Jared Dickey, Hunter Inslee, and Ryan Delaney in the outfield. Uh, with Dalton Bargo or or Dylan Dryling at DH, with the rotation of Beam, Russell, and, and Dallas. So, I mean, that's mm. that's pretty tough. If that's that would what it be ends a up being. pretty good baseball team. And if you threw yeah. in, if, if Chase Burns actually did decide to come back or you get the Holman kid from Alabama, whoo, mm. oh boy. Embarrassment of riches. Good baseball team. Ha. All right, well, we'll cross that bridge when it comes, whenever those kids make their decisions. We'll obviously talk about them. And uh, otherwise, I think uh, that's it for myself, Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. Thank you, thank you, thank you for watching, listening, however you take in the show. We appreciate it so much. You're you're the reason that we get to do this show every single week. Uh, and thanks to everybody who watched and commented. Seriously, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, drop in here. Join the show like everybody here did. Uh, and yeah, there you go. That's the show. We'll talk to you all next week. See you guys later.